0: Father, we just thank you once again for the gift of life. It's the most valuable gift for both the unsaved and the saved. The unsaved an opportunity to bend their knee and bow their heads to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to the work of your Son and your Son alone on the cross. For to the saved, it is one more day to run the race, to finish that race. Put right things which we need to put right. So we just thank you for one more day, Lord. And we begin. As we begin the word, we commit the word into thy hands. Both the speaker and the hearer, we are one, Lord. Because we both need you. Without you, my words will fall to the ground. Without you, it will not go through our ears. It will not bring anything worthwhile so we need you spirit of god so this morning touch us enable us for in jesus name we pray amen amen amen. today is Wednesday, and we are on our third day after sunday third day and uh, we've been looking at we've been preparing to enter into the next year and uh past two days the first day we saw about the world our enemies we are not looking at uh, we are not looking at the enemy, the, the devil. we are looking at the two enemies. We looked at the first day we looked at the world and we saw the answer to fighting the world is our baptism and clinging to the cross of Jesus Christ. Make that distinction very, very clearly. okay cross of Jesus Christ. Our second, the worst enemy, I would tell that worse than the devil, worse than the devil. Is the flesh. Okay, we need to understand Jesus died because of the flesh, not because of the devil. <laughs> not because of the devil. He died because of my flesh, my fallen nature. Okay, that's what he died. So we always think about the devil as the worst enemy without realizing <coughs> my worst enemy is right with me every day. And how do I deal with that fellow? Answer, Jesus answer, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Three things. Deny. Every day you have to deny yourself. To deny yourself, you need to know both yourselves. Otherwise you may end up denying your your good self that is a born again person and walk in the flesh and said, yes, I denied myself. The Lord woke me up at three o'clock. I slept till five. I denied myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so please be very sure about you know yourself, No meaning you need to know your old man. I mean, people say I'm funny, I joke, humor, but you need to realize I was not that before I got saved. I wasn't funny at all <laughs> Okay, before I got saved. I became funny after I got saved because of two things. One, I know where I am going. Second, I know life is worth a laugh because he's got it all in control. So it doesn't matter how bad it looks, day will always break. The night never lasts for long. It's Alistair Macklin's novel which says night without end, but not in Christ's book. Okay, The night ends and then there is no night at all. Revelation 22 there is no night at all, okay? So, if you know that truth, it doesn't matter. You can always laugh. So, today we are going to the third part. I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, and we'll read from verses 1 to 10. I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. Now, look at these verses of Apostle Paul, no, because he's the minister of God. We have Jesus as a, as a role model for life, but we pastors always look up for another pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is a pastor, and I look at this: it says, Do I have a conflict? I know I have conflicts, but that's not the conflict he's talking about. Do I have a conflict for my people, my church, and my in Laodicea? As for many as have not seen my face in the flesh, meaning. He had, like me, like us, he had lots of disciples whom he had never seen. Imagine, our disciples are born again because of our preaching, because of the internet. This was just by his letters, which was read in the congregations. The power of God's anointing over this man. Unbelievable, okay? That their hearts may be encouraged, being nicked together in love attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God. Yesterday we looked at the mystery of iniquity, we looked at the mystery of godliness, another mystery, the mystery of God, both the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, and established in faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Each of these verses is a sermon in itself. Okay, That's why God used totally certain people to write scripture. And the rest of us to expound it. (laughs) Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Okay. Though it the verses and looks very heavy and weighted and all, let me tell you the fact. The Bible is so simple that even a child can follow it. The Bible is so complex that even a scholar will get confused. Okay. Okay. In Psalm hundred and sixteen and verse six, okay, the Lord preserves the simple. Okay, so if you are a child, you are simple, God keeps you, he can teach you, it's not a problem. But if you are a scholar, he has to first bring you down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay, put your DDs, okay, DDs, not divine drafts, but the other DDs, doctorate in divinity, all those things away. Put your trust in everything away and then come to me and then he will save you. Okay, God preserves the simple, so it's very, very good thing when you come to the word of God, be simple. Be simple, okay, Lord. Every day you come with that simplicity saying, Father, teach me. So you have to ask, am I one of those simple people to whom God can speak? Okay, God can speak. That's why we say, you know, the difference with Scripture and us preaching is Scripture was God-breathed. Literally God-breathed and written by God through men. And what we do is expound Scripture. That is the weight of Scripture. The weight of scripture, like two thousand years, people have been preaching on these words, and before that, the rabbis, the Old Testament, okay, volumes upon volumes and volumes and sometimes, 117, it's on sometimes Romans one seventeen itself, volumes and volumes. The weight of God's word. It's God's word. It's not God, man's word. That is what Paul was talking about. So when Paul is talking about in Thessalonians, don't you take it the way I am saying. When Paul said, when we came to you and spoke to you, you received our word as the word of God. It has the power to work in believe. But when I speak to you, check it with scripture. The scripture has already been given. The canon has been closed. So my words does not have the weight of scripture. Please understand that. It does not have. would never ever dare to say my word is scripture. No, it is not. This is scripture. Paul's words are scripture. And one of his letters is missing. I wish I could get the letter to Lava Disha. So he wrote a letter to Lava Disha. I don't know what he wrote. God did not include it. Maybe he got a little upset with them. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I was showing it to Pastor Eric. I said, you didn't see it. So he said, there was one letter that is missing. And God had tough words for Lava Disha. Maybe Paul was tougher than God. So God said, don't include it. Don't discourage the rest of the world also. So we don't know. So when we get back to the question is, how simple are we? No, because we think we need to be theologians to understand the Bible. No, it is not. We just need to be very, very simple with God. Go to God as a child. Mary was a very simple, in so many ways, a rustic village girl, teenager, all purposes. She was a teenager. Okay, so today we have saw this thing about, oh, teenage, okay, don't get married and this thing, you have to wait till this, nothing like that. Teenage kids can get married, no issues. Stick to the law of the government. But other than that, there is no issue. The earlier they get married, the better. Not for the parents, for them. Because they will walk with their husbands. The husbands can talk to them and they will listen. When they get 30, 33, in Malayalam, we say when the teeth starts coming out of their nose. <coughs> It's very difficult to mold them. They are already molded by the word, world. Ready? Okay? You need to understand girls mature faster than boys. Faster than boys. In every way, mature faster than boys. So the girl, the older the girl gets when she gets married, it's so more difficult to manage with her. Because she's called to follow, not lead. Lead. Okay? So in the old systems, girls all got married early. And what did they learn in their teenage? How to run their home. And what were they supposed to do? Run their home. Not run in the world. Okay, but now what has happened? We taught them how to run in the world. We tell them to run their home. They said, we don't want to run the home. We'll hire somebody to do that. Please understand how scripture, okay? I'm not getting into that, but it's a different thing. She's a simple girl. Simple, teenage, rustic girl. In Luke chapter 1, 28, 29, the thing is that, having come, this is Gabriel, Gabriel, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among the women. But when she saw him, she struggled at his saying, consider what manner of greeting is this? She's such a simple girl, she did not even understand his greeting. What kind of a greeting is this? Though she knows the entire history of Israel, and probably all of them know, no no, greetings to are you greetings to Gideon, all these greetings there, no, and she is very confused. She doesn't understand this greeting, so it does not matter. She did not understand. In verse thirty-four, she didn't understand the message. Yeah, verse thirty-four. And Mary said to the angel, "How can this be? How are you going to bear the Son of God, child? How can this be?" She didn't understand the message also. In verse thirty-eight, Mary said, "Behold." the maidservant of the Lord. 37, The God said to her, with God nothing will be impossible. Meaning, faith does not work on explanations. Okay, Faith does not work on explanations. Faith works simply on the promises of God, on the word of God. With God nothing is impossible. Does that mean she understood? No, oh, she didn't understand. But she said, that's enough. Let it be unto me according to your word. That is what you are talking about, the simplicity of a faith, which a child or a scholar both can have. Okay? The scholar also will not understand the explanation, does not understand the explanations of God. If you have doubts, read the book of Habakkuk, the question, question, Lord, Lord, Lord. God doesn't have to explain, but I don't understand. But you know what I'm going to do in the midst of this chaos. I'm going to still praise you. I still am going to praise you. So please understand what faith means. Faith does, does not work on explanations because we are very uh, rational people and we try to understand because 2021, we don't have to understand. We just have to hear from God. And if God says something about 2021, you can take it to the bank with you. That's it. How are you going to work it out when 2020 was so bad? Everybody is speaking about 21 being words. How can you say? No, God doesn't have to explain. And this is what I am unmarried. I'm not married. And you're saying I'm going to have a child. a child by the Holy Spirit? I mean, I don't understand what you are talking. How is that possible? Never has anything like this ever happened in human history. No precedents. also. Every other thing, there is a precedence. Abraham Sarah okay, she became pregnant at 90, but she had a husband. Hannah became pregnant after so many years, she had a husband. Sarah, Rebecca became pregnant after so many years, she had a husband. Rachel became pregnant after she had a husband, but I have no husband. What is, with God, nothing is impossible. Biology text is thrown out of the window. Theology comes into picture. With God, nothing is impossible. Sometimes you have to throw biology out and receive theology. God can do, God can do a work in you. Okay? So all that is needed is simple faith, trust, in what God says, because nothing is impossible with God. Because all that we understand, creation, everything that we understand, which is based on laws established by God. And the one who has established these physical laws can always change. It, always change. It, okay? Gravity works, but when God says it doesn't work, it doesn't work. He walked on water (laughs) because he established the laws. He's not under the law, he's above the law. But he brings himself under ethical moral laws. Why? Because that reflects his character. The other only reflects his power. You have to understand the difference between his power and his character. He will not subvert his character for you and me. But he will subvert his other laws for you and me. Nature he will subvert it. It's not a big deal at all. He says that's okay. I'm I'm king. I can change it. Okay, I can change it. So he will turn water into wine. All those things. Okay, so now come back. The simplicity of faith. So we go back to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? Everything I need to know is in him. Smart is the man who studies his Bible and gets to know God. Because everything I need to know is hidden in Christ. I am not saying you shouldn't go to school, you shouldn't study, you should do all that. But first, be a good student of the Word of God. First, know God. Get to have the knowledge of God. Because what we study outside is called the study of creation. What God is giving us, Is the knowledge of the Creator. When you have one and two, you are balanced. When you have only two without one, you are imbalanced. You become a lunatic, honestly. Okay? That's what you reject the Creator and try to know the creation. Then you will see in creation, there are lots of wonky things, which doesn't apply to us. Why? Because what applies to us, we were breezed upon by God. So he has his nature. God did not breathe upon his creation. He just called it into being. So if you are not knowing the creator and his character, then what happens you become a reprobate. You will study the penguins and sanction your lifestyle because penguins are homosexual. But God didn't breathe into the penguins. That's how they sanction. We look into the animal life and say this is that and that is that and that is that and that is that. And you sanction your lifestyle. What did you do? You just became an animal. <laughs> That's all you are. You just became an animal. Okay? So understand the difference between creation and the creator. We need to know our God. And all the wisdom and knowledge that the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is hidden in whom? In Christ. Okay? In Christ. Second thing. No, it is hidden. What does it say? It is hidden. No, no, I mean, I don't. I enjoyed my children when they were small, playing with them. And my best game with them was hide and seek, because they could never find me. Never find me. They gave up. I we give up, and I can see where I'm hiding both of the sitting down and saying, no, this sitting down and saying. We gave up, just show yourself and I rise. The joy, okay? He <laughs> said, he's hidden it so that we'll have the joy of discovering it. You know? We know the names of discoverers. We don't know the person who went there second, but we always know the person who went there first. Why? Because they discovered, which was already there. There's a difference between invention and a discovery. Discovery was already there okay, somebody discovered it and his name is emblazoned in the newspapers and history. He discovered America. He discovered, okay. And of course, now it's all racial to say somebody discovered anything. Okay. So you look at that. God says, I want you to have the joy of discovering hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay. My wife has this habit of hiding money among my clothes and have the joy of discovering it. <laughs> and my wife has this incredible ability of forgetting she hidden it. So I have the joy of taking it and then reminding her, I got it, honey. She's laughing at home. I know it, okay. So yesterday also I discovered something because I was looking among my clothes. So I have extra joy. It's like that, God. <laughs> This is what God is talking about. He's hidden everything in Christ. Everything you and I need for now and forever. Hidden in Christ. And he says, I want you to have the joy of discovering it. And I don't know why. I mean after you actually study and listen to the word of God, you will not get bored. You'll not get bored. You'll start actually enjoying I mean, I used to love fiction. Okay, Now I cannot handle fiction. I don't know. My mind has changed. My friend David went to Best Books and then called me from him. P.J., you just tell me which all Louis Lammers you have in Europe. Still don't have any. Bought me a pile. And he's still sitting there. I could only read one. Old days, I could read the whole thing sitting through day and night. But now I can't. The reason is... You want to know gripping stories? You read the Bible. I can still can't figure out that character called Job. You know, there's a fellow, the general. I mean, that character, you can write a crime thriller using him. Crime thriller. By the time David understood him, he was almost dying. <laughs> so he told his son, listen, be careful about that fellow. Okay? Bible is a thrilling book. You can, I mean, you want fiction, you want tragedy, you want comedy, you want sex. Everything is there. <laughs> Decent sex, okay? You want some abuse also, choice abuse also, it is that also is there. Everything is there, okay? It is not pulp fiction, but it is true. Everything on real scholarly wisdom. Everything you want, it is there. And it's a it's an incredible book. If you even scholars love it, okay? Those who don't know Christ also love it. So God says, I want you to have the joy of discovering it. And then verse 10. You are complete in him. Look at that statements. You know what? These are statements you have to believe and speak it out. You know what? Whenever you look in the world and whenever you look everything and people say all these things, you know, you need to look at yourself and say, you know what? I am complete in Him. In Him, I don't need one more thing. (laughs) Apu, Apu is staring at me. Yes, Apu. In Him, you are absolutely complete. Okay who is the head of principality and power. Okay, leave that part. Just think about it. Everything I need is hidden in him. And do, I am complete in him. Meaning God says, you know what, son? If you understand the truth of what I did for you through my son on the cross, everything you need is in him. Absolutely complete. He says, when I look down on earth and when I see my children depressed and discouraged, I just throw up my hands. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with him? Everything you need is given in him and you are absolutely totally complete in him. Complete in him. You know? So, what is the response? Verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, in whom is hidden all the wisdom and knowledge, hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge, in whom you are complete since you have received him, walk in him. Walk in. Today we are going to look at the solution to the world and the flesh. The actual solution is walk in God. Walk in the spirit. Okay? Walk in God. It's the simplicity of it. And two warnings are given in verse 4 and verse 8. What is the warning? Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive with persuasive words. Let there anybody come with this thing and tell you. The devil is a salesman. He will always sell you, saying you don't need this. You don't have it. You need this. Don't let him fool you. Okay? Fool you. Adam and Eve were actually perfectly complete and happy with God. This fellow came and sold a lie. He's a good salesman. Hmm? You know who's the best salesman? The best salesman is the one who can sell an Eskimo refrigerator. (laughs) Satan is better. He's a better salesman. Why? He sold them when they were with God that they need something more than God. So don't let anyone should deceive you with such persuasive words. Don't let anybody deceive you. Okay, that is what Paul was actually talking about. I did not come with human wisdom. Not that he's, an, he's a good speaker and he's incredibly brilliant. But he says, when I come and preach to you, I don't want to stand on that. I want to just give it to you, the word of God, so that your faith will rest on the wisdom of God. And not on my arguments and logic. He was the cream, de la cream of his generation, That best he could say he had a double triple phd you could have a phd in theology in the old testament in the new testament in logic philosophy language everything he could have taken different phds but he says i don't want to rely on that i want to rely on the word of god so he was not saying that he was trembling when he was speaking and all no he probably spoke very well but what he was saying i don't want to rest on anything else other than the word of god because the word of god is sufficient so let not anyone persuade you or deceives you, deceives you with very powerful arguments. That's what happens to universities. Why do children all fall away? Believing children, when they go to the university, they fall away because their foundation of faith is not secure. Or they really do not know him. Then they go there and hear all these funded theories you have to hear. You have to hear them, putting words together, making arguments and all. You know what? And they fall away. And they say, don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let anyone deceive you. And the next one, verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty, empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world. Not earth of this world. The world is based on philosophies. All kinds of philosophies are there. Every philosophy are there. And not according to Christ's person. So don't get fooled. Do not let anyone fool you. Do not anyone fool you? Okay. In Christ, you and I have everything we need for life and eternity. That is, Christ is God's provision. And that was the lie of the devil to our parents, to go outside of the will of God, to discover, pursue knowledge outside of God. And they fell. Okay. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus. So the first question before we can go further is, have you received Christ Jesus? You have to receive him. God has given his son. My question is, did you take him? Did you receive him? He came to his own and they did not receive him. But as many as you received, so we have to receive him. That's the key. You cannot walk in somebody you haven't received. Mm -hmm. Somebody you haven't received. So have you received him is the first question. Have I received him? Okay, have I received it? And you know why people are dying left, right and center? Spiritually, literally, in every way dying? It's because they did not receive it. <coughs> There's a story told about old days in the Brazilian coast, in the ocean, in the, uh, in the sea. There was a ship that had, um, were drifting and they had run out of drinking water. You know old days they carried, even now they carried drinking water. They had run out of drinking water and they were thirsty, they were famished because they had no drinking water and far away they saw another ship and they uh, send a signal saying, do you have water that you can spare? So they sent back a message by saying, put your bucket down and drink. They said, you did not understand. We are asking sea seawater, you cannot drink. You drink seawater, you will die. You will die. So they send a message across, says, no, you don't understand. We need drinking water. They said, put down your bucket and drink. They put down the bucket and they drank. It was fresh water in sea water, because they did not know they were near the mouth of the Amazon. Amazon brings millions and millions of tons of fresh water for an entire stretch of the ocean. It is fresh water surrounded by salt water. Okay, people are dying and God has pouring out his life through his son. Dying. Okay. Just dying. Just dying left, right, and centre. When God has poured out his life through his son. Therefore, the question always asks is, did you receive him? Did you receive him? If you have received him, then walk in him. It's interesting. It's not says walk after him. It's not written walk with him. All that is there in the Bible. Walk after God. Walk uh, before God. Walk with God. Here it is saying, walk in him. What does it mean? Galatians 5.16 and you have Galatians 5.25. So walk in the Spirit. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh and twenty five yeah, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit, okay, so what does it mean? Walk in the spirit okay let me let me try to tell Peter, Peter, walk in the office, no it's not about talking about walking, it is your boundaries have been set, okay, don't step outside the spirit, okay, if you walk in the spirit. The boundary set by the Spirit, then you know what? You are safe. You know why Adam and Eve fell? They stepped outside the Spirit. Outside the boundary set by God. And they fell. Walk in the Spirit. The boundaries. It's not walk with the Spirit. That's a different thing. Or walk after the Spirit. That's a different thing. Walk in the Spirit. You know, People get claustrophobic. <laughs> There's a lot of people, they cannot sit at their houses. No, they get fidgety, 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 and then they go, and they go shopping. Or they waste their time. The problem is, once you step out of your house, time just goes. Okay. One of the most important disciplines is lie, is the first commandment of God. Sit down. Go sit, sit down. So difficult. Sit down. Because the minute you step out, and now it's very difficult to sit down, because when you sit down, your computer is open and fifteen different tabs are open, and you don't know what you're reading. Some people watch five movies at the same time. So you don't have to go out to get distracted. You don't have to go out. But saying, God has set boundaries. Stay within that boundaries. You know what happens? There is safety. Walk in the Spirit. You don't need fresh air. Fresh air is in Christ. I get claustrophobic. I need to go out. I need some fresh air. That's what David thought. Oh, I'm claustrophobic. I need some fresh air. Let me go to my terrace. Why well, you should have gone out to the battlefield? There was fresher air there. Galatians 5.18 It's a different thing. If you are led by the Spirit. Okay, That is going after the Holy Spirit. This is not talking about that. This is talking about living in the Spirit. In the boundaries set by Spirit. In Philippians 4.19 Okay. I gave you the, yeah. Yeah. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Meaning, if you are in that boundaries, whatever you need within that is provided here. Let me ask you this question. There was a lockdown. Remember? 65 days or something. Complete lockdown, right? Four of you stayed here. Three of you, four of you stayed here. Did you lack anything? Everything came here. But when you went out, don't you lack? Because the minute you decide to stay in and not God, it was no longer your responsibility, it became my responsibility. Then I was duty bound to see that everything that you needed, I had to see that it got to you. God says, when you stay in my spirit, in that boundaries, you know what, everything that you need will be supplied by me. Everything. You need will be supplied. My God shall supply all your need. Who is telling to whom? The guy who is in the prison is telling to the free man outside. I am, I am absolutely taken care of because I know where I am. I am bound by by the Spirit. So all my needs are taken care of here. While I know you guys are outside, are breathing fresh, and you need some help, some encouragement from this man who's breathing the Spirit of God. Okay, this is what happens to people. Okay, Ephesians one three. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Christ. in Christ Jesus. The boundaries of the Spirit. In Christ Jesus. In Christ. In Christ. Psalm 84, verse 11. The Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. It's, it's incredible combination. It's only God can. Have. How can you be sun and a shield? Is is your it, sun or your shield? He is both son and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. If you are within His boundaries, within the Spirit, He will not withhold one good thing. He will not withhold one good thing. Stay there, He says. Stay there, He says. In Romans 8.32, the most powerful one in the new covenant. Eight He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things. Everything that you need within those. When you think all things, immediately you are looking at Bill Gates and Ambani. God says, no, stay within the spirit. Stay within the spirit. Stay there. Don't look into the world. In Christ. Okay? In Christ. Stay within the boundaries. Don't look into the world. This is the problem with the people. They look into the promises of God and look into the world and says, I want that thing, I want that thing. God says, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said everything in my son. Everything in the boundary is set by my spirit. Colossians 2, verse 2 and 3. Right? Yeah. Knit together assurance, acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And verse 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge So, we'll start 2021 day after tomorrow with its simple faith. all I need is there in Christ God has set for me boundaries in Christ God has set blessings for me in Christ and God has set liberty for me in Christ God has set freedom and liberty for me in Christ boundaries in Christ Blessings in Christ, freedom and liberty in Christ. Now let me explain to you so that we understand. Let us look at the two verses, Galatians 5.13 and Second Corinthians 3.17. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And Second Corinthians 3.17. The Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. Liberty. There are two different words which we use. One is the term which is called freedom. The other is called liberty. Freedom is an internal construct. Liberty is an external construct. Okay? Remember, Victor Frankl had told about this. He's a Holocaust survivor. And he's the one who said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing. The last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given condition. Your freedom to act can be taken away. But your freedom to react cannot be taken away. You can only give it away. Okay? You're fed up. You're imprisoned. But to be happy or sad is your choice. That's what Paul enjoys. You can be imprisoned. You cannot even lie down. Your legs are put in stock. But, that is the last of the freedoms they can take away. But how to react to it is in your hands. Okay? How to react to it is in your hands. Liberty, on the other hand, is primarily an external construct. Okay? Meaning, that is what happens outside. That is why U.S. has something called the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, if you read, is very interesting. It Actually, most of the Bill of Rights is what the state cannot do to you. It hardly talks about what the state should do for you. What it cannot do to you. That is why they fight. You cannot stop us from gathering. No pandemic suspends the Bill of Rights. Understand on what ca- uh, points they are arguing. Okay, pandemic, no gathering. But a pandemic doesn't suspend the Bill of Rights. The freedom to gather. That's why you cannot sue them whenever they say whatever they want. Now they are trying to change laws. It's called the freedom of expression. So they have to bring something to call to bring as hate speech. Believer, what the state cannot do, okay, because the whole thing is to protect your liberty, okay, your liberty. So you have liberty and you have freedom, <coughs> but you need to realize both for the believer is. By the Holy Spirit. I have my internal freedom. <coughs> Whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. And what is that? If you stay in my truth, abide in my truth, the truth will set you free. It's an internal. But externally also, I am restricted by the Spirit of God. It's not what the state says. It's what the Spirit says. Okay. I don't look at the state. So the state says you cannot gather. The Spirit says you can. I listen to the Spirit. When the state says you are free to gather, the spirit says you are not. I listen to the spirit. My freedom and my liberty is determined by the spirit of God. So the state, religious state, told Peter and John, you cannot preach. And he said, we should we listen to you or we should listen to God. Before salvation, they would have never dared to say that. Post-salvation, the spirit came in. Post-Pentecost, the spirit came in. And they said, you know what, our liberty is determined by the spirit and not by you not by you. We will speak about Jesus Christ. Okay, so understand. <clears throat> so, like I said, God has set boundaries for me, God has set blessings for me, and God has set liberty for me. So, don't die in the midst of fresh water. The midst of fresh water, surrounded by an ocean of salt water, there is this inflow of Fresh. You have to read it. It's interesting. National Geographic, you go and read it up. The amount of fresh water that flows from Amazon. Volume-wise, not length-wise, and volume-wise, the largest river is Amazon. It brings billions and billions of tons of fresh water into the ocean. So Amazon is that where it meets the sea. It's interesting. All kind of fresh water life survives surrounded by salt water. Okay. And God says that's what you are. That's what you are in the spirit. In John chapter 4 and verse 14, (coughs) and John chapter 7 and verse 37, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Who is he saying it to? Samaritan woman. Next one. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Who's he saying to the, To the Jews in the temple, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the people, everybody who's so to the ostracized, the condemned woman and the religious, to both he says, Come and drink. No restrictions, no taboos. You're not only you can't come, only they can't come. He says nothing. But the simple and the scholar, hmm? the religious and the irreligious. The one who is condemned, the one who thinks he is accepted, both have to come to me and drink. Because there is nothing outside of Christ that will actually satisfy your thirst. It will only ultimately give you a heartache. If you have doubts, ask Solomon. All the wisdom he wanted was given. Instead, he went outside the boundaries and started searching and became a miserable old man, and came up with one advice at the end, which you should have just followed it in the beginning, okay, fear God, there's one thing you forgot, okay, so stay in the boundaries, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, what is that, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, what should rule in your hearts, it's the dog whistle, you know the dog whistle, the dog comes back. It knows it has gone beyond the light. It comes back. The referee will blow the whistle. Meaning, watch your heart. Watch your heart. That is the dog whistle. Are you crossing your line or not? Watch your heart. It's not joy. It's not righteousness. It is peace. Peace is the marker. Boundaries are set. The minute you cross, you lose your peace. Get back in. Get back in. Get back in. Joy is because you obeyed. Joy is because you worship. Joy is because you praise joy. That's a different thing. Righteousness is because of what you did. Okay, you know you're growing in righteousness. You believed by faith. You did it and there is righteousness. Peace is your marker. Peace is your marker. So God has set boundaries. And watch out for that peace. When you lose that peace with God, not with man, with God. Our first pursuit is not peace with man. Our first pursuit is peace with God. Because he says, as far as possible within you, will live with peace with people. With many people, it's not possible. Leave them alone. But you have to pursue peace with God. Because that's your marker. That's the boundary set by God. The minute you step outside that, you will hear the whistle. The whistle. Okay? Stay within that. Okay? So the first step is the most Important step, Colossians 2.6. What is that? Receive Jesus. If you haven't received Jesus, receive Jesus now. You have to receive him. You were not born in a Christian. You were born a Gentile. You were born a sinner. You were born a reprobate and going you going taking taking you to church and attending church did not make you a christian you only became a religious reprobate going to university did not make you a believer you only became an intelligent criminal is true if you take a sinner and educate him all you have done is make a criminal a smart criminal smart criminal that's why people all the sitting in this thing I'm not telling all of them, most of them, many of them. Um, if you had left them uneducated, they wouldn't have done so many crimes. <laughs> Think about the fellow in the village who never went to school. What is he doing? Think about the fellow who went to an Ivy college, this thing, and look at what he is doing. Who is the bigger criminal? So what made him a criminal? The so nature of both were the same, only you educated him, gave him more tools to hack. Okay. 2020 has been declared as the worst year of cyber fraud. You think the village fellow who did not, doesn't, hasn't even a computer did it, or the fellow who went to college and learned software, hardware everywhere? Who did it? This is the problem. This is the problem. This is what the Bible is talking about. So the first thing we have to do is receive Jesus. Receive Jesus. And there are lots of devious, like I said, in the world it is Blindness in the world it is blindness in the church it is not blind it is deception and deception is there and the biggest deception sadly is in the biggest church the catholic church catholic church you are brought on the eighth day like in the jewish thing and circumcised did the jew become a jew no the bible says a jew is a jew whose heart is circumcised by the spirit outward and inward doesn't match you are a reprobate look at the reprobate jews in the in the bible were they all circumcised? Yeah, but it didn't make any difference to them? No, it make In the same way, you sprinkled water on the eighth day. I was sprinkled on the eighth day. I was the biggest reprobate. I even threw stones at my mother. Only my father could discipline me. That's why I got beyond my measure from him. The only man I feared on planet earth was my father. Okay, That sprinkling and all did not do anything. No. Okay, and then okay, you have another comfort thing. But it's the most comforting thing. You are not directed to Christ, you are directed to Mary. Okay, you read, the Catholics have never read their Bible. If they read the Bible, they will understand. Mary had no bhav in the Bible, no status in the Bible, other than bearing her son. After that, she had no clue. Many of prophecies which were told to her, she did not understand. Okay, did not understand. If she is co-redeemer with Christ, how can you not understand what is being told? Okay, your child does not understand, he is a child, you are a woman. What is being about a child, she does not understand. She kept in her heart and pondered about it. And she still did not understand. And Jesus had to say it very clearly. Who does the will of my father is my family, my mother, and she is outside through it all. Okay, so that's the second lie. Second deception. And then the most hurt person through all of this is Mary herself. There's a real Mary and there's a dis, uh, uh, like uh, a false Mary. The false Mary has been has been given to the church. The true Mary only said one thing true. What is that? Let it be unto me according to your word. Second, second thing she told was that go to him and listen to him. That's all she said. And all the Catholic Church has to do is that keep a signboard with Mary's statue, say, go to him, don't come to me. In every Catholic church, if God were to do a miracle with an angel changing the boat saying, don't go to her, go to him, listen to what he says, suddenly there will be transformation in the church. Even during this pandemic with all this thing locked on and all, you know what, the Pope walked on with all his entourage through the heaven and bowed down before Mary. What can Mary do? The first time you see her in public, that is uh, in uh, in when her son got into ministry, she is explaining her helplessness. Son, they have no wine. I don't know what to do. And you are still going to her. The question is, did uh, Mary make the water into wine or Jesus did? So why are you going to her? And it's totally, people don't even understand salvation. When salvation took place, what came into you is the spirit of God. So when you pray, if I pray and you pray, if we have to pray, we can only pray through the Spirit. The Spirit takes it to Christ. Christ takes it to the Father. So where does Mary come? Where does Mary come? So if I pray to Mary, what is the Holy Spirit doing? What's The Spirit of God. What is the Holy Spirit doing? You have to answer this logical question. What is the Holy Spirit doing then? Where is the Holy Spirit in the whole pact? Because that's how I'm born again. If I have not received, if any man does not have the Spirit, he's not of God. If I have received the Holy Spirit and is indwelling in him, my, then everything that I do in Christ, in Spirit, is through the Spirit. So when I pray, if the Spirit is not involved, then will the Spirit pray to Mary? Okay. People don't think logically. Even Bible reading Catholics don't think, you know, you know, there is something wrong over here. It's a blasphemy. It's a blasphemy because when I am praying, it's the spirit in me. That's the issue with the charismatic Christians. They are very good at everything, but to stay within that order, at the end they will bring Mary in. Otherwise, they have have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But at the end, somehow they have to sneak Mary in towards the end. And that's where they go wrong, absolutely wrong, the Mary thing, deception. Until then, they are not set free. Really, they don't experience the the freedom, the liberty which the Spirit gives because Mary blocks them. And that's not a true Mary. The true Mary is a different Mary. This is a false Mary. Like Paul said, there's a false gospel. There's a false Jesus. And there's a false spirit, false apostles. There's a false Mary also. This is not the real Mary. The real Mary would never do this. She knows who her son is, that she was saved through her son. Then there is another bigger lie, which is called purgatory. There is nothing called purgatory in the Bible. Purgatory was a Middle Ages invention by a guy called Dante, who wrote the Inferno. It is a very comfortable cushion. meaning, if you die as a sinner, anyway, you are a Catholic, you are saved. If you die as a sinner, don't worry, you will go to this place called purgatory, where God will clean you out and ultimately take you to heaven. Okay. It's a halfway house. America knows what a halfway house is. You are released from prison, but you go to a halfway house before you are integrated with the society. So you are not ready for heaven. In the purgatory, you will be taught how to clean. There is nothing like purgatory in the Bible. This is the biggest lie which keeps Catholics who are criminals as criminals. The entire Italian mafia are criminals. They are thugs, they are drug dealers, they are pedophiles, they are in prostitution, they are into murder. You know, they are very, very devout Catholics. You know why? Purgatory gives them the hope. Purgatory. Every Catholic politician is a crook. You know why he is still crook and never repents? Because purgatory gives them the hope. And there is nothing all purgatory in the Bible. Nothing. The Bible is absolutely clear. It is appointed unto man to die once, and after that, it is judgment. If there is purgatory, then in um, um, Revelation twenty, why should books be opened? Why are people sent into the lake of fire? You know these are the lies that are to be nailed. That's what the Bible is talking about. Have you received Christ Jesus? Not religion. Not going to church. Not even coming to GTC. Not even listening to sermons, not even fasting and prayer. All this are common in religion. None of these things, the only thing, first thing, have you received Christ Jesus? That is the key. Have you received Christ Jesus? Two things you have to receive. Have you received his work? Have you received his lordship? Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. That's the cry on the day of what shall we do? It's a response to this statement. Let the whole house of Israel know assuredly God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Simple thing a Catholic needs to do is that the record of the church begins from the book of Acts. From the book of Acts chapter 1 all the way to Revelation 22-21, there's only one mention of Mary. What is that? She's with the apostles, all of them praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Only one. Otherwise, Peter should have said, Let all the house of Israel assuredly know that God has made Mary and her son, whom we have crucified, and both of them Lord and Lady and Christ. Did he say anything like that? Did he say anything like that? We are not demeaning her, but we have to nail the lie, otherwise, people will perish and go to hell. Go to hell. You know? They will really perish and go to hell. And it's because of the lie within the church, the deception within the church. And what does he say? Two things. God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, Savior. The Lordship of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. What he did for us in his life, in his birth, in his life, his death and his resurrection. I have to believe in that and that alone. And God is satisfied with it. God is satisfied. I am not bringing anything of mine into it. When I am repenting, I am saying no to my entire life, putting my entire weight on him alone. That is what it means to be saved by faith. Faith in what? Faith in Christ as your Savior. You cannot have faith in Christ and Mary. You cannot have faith in Christ and the church. You cannot have faith in Christ and your works. You cannot have faith. Nothing can be added to that. Just Christ and Christ alone. That's all God will accept. Nothing else. Anything Adding to that is blasphemy. God will not accept it. That's what the Bible is talking. And the lordship. Okay, Think about it. Two things. Savior and lordship. In the New Testament, the word savior used 24 times. And the lord is used 434 times. 24 times, savior. 434 times, lord. And our problem is with lordship problem is with Lordship. So, Colossians 2.6. If you have received him, therefore, as you have received him. This is meaning it is written to people who have received Christ. Others won't understand it. As you therefore have received Jesus the Lord. Not Christ Jesus. You have received whom? Christ Jesus the Lord. You have accepted Whatever way of your understanding, a child can accept Jesus as a Lord. An older man can. And their understanding is different. But Both have accepted the Lordship, the headship, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, walk in Him. You cannot accept the Saviorhood of Jesus Christ and walk in Him. You cannot. It's not possible. Before you can walk in Him, you have to accept His Lordship. A lot of people have not accepted the Lordship yet. And that's where they are struggling. You have to accept the Lordship. I accept your complete say in my life. And then God will start speaking to you and you can walk in Him. Okay? So what is walking? Walk in Him. What is walking? Simple question. What is walking? It's a series of steps. (laughs) You don't need to know rocket science to understand that. what is walking. One step after, another. You cannot walk and stand. If you're walking, you have to walk. Okay. If I'm walking, I have to walk. If I stand, I start walking. Okay. If I try to walk and stand, I will fall. I will be imbalance. What are you doing? I'm not sure. Am I? Are you walking or standing? If I stand like that, what am I doing? You will that's a very funny position, right? You cannot walk and stand. We are not talking about standing in custody. That is a spiritual position. Bible does not say standing in Christ is a physical position. No. You are only asked to walk in Christ. Spiritual Stand is taking a stand against the enemy even while you are walking. So a believer has to do three things simultaneously in the spiritual. He sits, he walks, and he stands. It's not one at a time. Oh, I am. what are you doing? I'm sitting today in Christ. God says, get up and walk. <laughs> oh, I am walking in Christ. I will leave the devil. No, take your stand against him. All three. All three. Okay? Understand? All three. So the question is, how do I walk in him? As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So how do I walk in him? Go back to the same sin. How did you receive him? How did you receive Him? As you therefore received Christ, so walk in Him. Just the way you received Him, same way you walk in How did you receive Him? By faith. How do you walk in Him? By faith. So how did you receive Him? Go back. I repented. Repentance from dead works and faith towards God. That is how, right? So how do you walk in Him? Repenting, turning to God. That's all. Same way. No, it's very simple. That's what I said. A simple child can understand it. And a scholar can get confused. If they don't listen to God. It's very simple. How did you receive Christ? A child will say, you want to receive Christ? Yes, okay. Say, I am sorry for all. You don't say, repent. They don't understand, repent. I am sorry for all the things. they Very cute they are. They will say, yeah, I am sorry. I Last time I took chocolate without telling you. That is their sorry. They know very clearly I lied to you, this thing, all kind of things they will tell you. Okay, And that is their sorry. God accepts it. So they have repented and I put my trust in Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. So a scholar also has much to repent. Child has very little to repent. But the way of salvation is the same. Repent and turn to Christ. Problem is, as you start walking with God, He starts showing you. So you realize, I have more to repent. You know what I'm telling you? Telling me my own personal story. In 1983-84, when I got saved, and I got saved in 1983, I repented very little. I have repented more after salvation, not when I got saved. Because only when you walk with God, you actually discover what all you have to change. How you have to change your entire thinking, your ways, your patterns, your words, your life. You actually repent more after salvation than when you got saved. So how do you walk in Him? Same way. By repentance and Faith. faith. Psalm 119 words, 105. Your word is a lamb to my feet and a light to my father. What does it mean? I mean, because we live in this modern life, we don't know, old days when we all grew up, the torch and the lantern were. Ah, We had these hurricane lanterns, and hurricane lanterns, because power goes, wind blows, and everything. And you go with that lantern or the torch. Torch was not given because kerosene was cheaper than battery, so it was hurricane <laughs> lantern. Everything was. They were very smart. They did not waste money on anything. Always was practical. What is cheaper, kerosene or battery? So use the lantern. If you use the ba- if you use the torch, that was sneaky because I had to read my storybook so blanket or whatever. You couldn't keep a lantern. You'd cast the house. would catch on fire. So you use this. Okay. But you knew how much light does a lamp throw? This much. Okay. So you have to every step you have to move. God says that's how you walk. Lord I want to know everything God says. Each day I will show you. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's not a searchlight. light. It's a lamp to my feet. and The light to my path. Our problem is we want to see the end. God says, no need. One day at a time, I'll show you. Some things I'll show you. But because I show you in advance, that means you have reached it. Maybe 10 years to reach it, But keep that as a target. And keep moving today. Okay, Like Joseph was shown. Joseph made a mistake. He thought it was immediate. It was not even 13 years away. But keeping that as a target, walk with me. Walk with me. That's what the whole Bible is all about. Okay, What is happens when you are walking with the lantern? As every step you take, little darkness is being dispelled. Little darkness is being dispelled. So as you walk with God, He shows you the darkness and you dispel it. You repent and turn back to God. You repent, meaning faith towards God and forgiven only by what He has done. I cannot earn my forgiveness, because when we were in the Catholic, by the, by the way, me and my wife, we both come from, we are ex-Catholics, so we know what we are talking about. I never did. God protected me from all that, but I know what the others went through. You, when you went to your confession and this thing and all, no? They will also give you works to do. Say novena. Light this many candles. But no. <laughs> okay? You don't do anything. Because Christ did it for you. Restitution is something. We are harmed if I have harmed. If I have taken Pastor Vijay's wallet, then I could I can't go and say, Lord, have mercy on me. I talked to Pastor Vijay's. He said, okay, I forgive you. Now go return it. That's restitution. Okay, But no lighting of candles. I don't return the wallet and then go and write 21 candles. God says, no, no, no. You cannot add to my son's work. You cannot. So, restitution is one thing, but no other work. There is no novenas, there is no, there is no, uh, lighting of candles, there is nothing like Velankani. You go rolling on the steps and all apart. Ah, it's like a pagan temple only, what all people do. You know, climbing up the mountain like pilgrims and Lord God what are you doing? <laughs> are you trying to add to the work of my son? Understand the fallacy of Christian religion when we try to do things. Try to do people get very emotional, sentimental and all, okay. All kind of things and all. I mean I'm not sentimental about my Christian faith that way in the flesh. You no know? people will say, Oh, I want to go to the Holy Land, I want to go to the Holy Land and they go. <laughs> Christ is in you. You don't honor him, you don't rever him, you don't read his word, you don't listen to His spirit, you go to holy land and you bow down and you go to this. What, what drama are you doing, God says? What drama are you doing? My son is right there inside you. If you are really saved, born again, he's right. And his word is right before you. You don't read it. You don't listen to anything, my spirit. And you are doing drama in the Holy Land. Now we have to be blunt with people. Because you know what? You are playing with your salvation. Now if you have a surgery... Do you just go for your surgery? The doctor says, you need surgery. You take a second opinion. You take a third opinion. And then you try to see within your finances which is the best surgeon in the town. Why do you enquire so much? Why did you just go? Okay, MBBS, that's enough. Just cut me up. Do you say that? (laughs) Oh, he's cheaper. Huh? Now we are practitioners also. (laughs) Huh? Ayurveda guy also has been given practice, this thing. Everybody can do surgery now. But will you go? The government of India is allowed home, you with Ayurveda, every, and the next time waiting for the veterinary doctor who will allow to cut humans. <laughs> but will you go? Will you go? Will you trust your life into his hands? No, you won't. Then how do you trust your eternal soul into fallacies without cross-checking it out? How, this is eternity. No? Because there's one thing people do not know. They take their eternity so lightly. So lightly. And God says, who told you all this? Who told you all this? It is not possible. It is not possible. Is my Christ in you? My Christ is in you. Then listen to him. Stay within the boundaries that is And walk in his light. Walk in his light. And if you look at 1 John 5-10, to 10, the entire thing is talking about walking. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light and in him is no darkness at all body's light. If we say we have fellowship with him, what does it mean? Their fellowship? We are walking with him. because two people walk. That is fellowship. It is not talking. It is walking. You can talk to a hundred people and never walk with any one of them. And you can talk with somebody and be actually walking with them without actually walking with them. You know. Somebody may be far away you cannot b- both go to one place at the same time but you talk every day and in the spirit in your mind you are actually walking with that person you know walking with and some of those people you are walking with are dead people they're dead and gone but their books are left behind and you walk with them you walk with them okay so that's what is talking about walking here what is god is talking about i mean when we are sitting here aren't we walking with with paul you're walking with paul you're walking with john Okay, Are they dead here? Are they with us? No, we are walking with them. If we say we have fellowship with Him, let us put it this way, if we say we are walking with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. When do you walk in darkness? When do you walk in darkness? You walk in darkness when there is no conviction of the Holy Spirit. You say you are saved, but you walk in darkness. The Holy Spirit never puts boundaries on you. You never read the word of God. You never have any light of the word. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you. He says, you are not practicing the truth. If salvation is genuine, there is a walk. And if there is a walk, does not mean that you don't fall. It means you are always aware of it. The Holy Spirit convicts you and the whistle blows the whistle. Get back, get back, get back. And then practice the truth. The next verse. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. He is in the light, meaning, let us say, he is light, because that also he says. If you walk in the light, as he is light, meaning we are walking, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, let me tell you the actual part of it, okay? You will say, but I don't have fellowship with everybody. No, it's not true. They may not have fellowship with you. But you have fellowship with them, meaning if they were to come to talk to you, you talk to them normally. They may have something which it's in their head, but you have settled with God and with them, but they refuse to forgive you. Does that mean you don't have fellowship with them? No. They choose not to have fellowship with you, but you have nothing in your heart. Would Jesus go to a Pharisee's house? Of yes. course he would. The Pharisee like him? No. Did he have anything against the Pharisees? No. He agreed with their ideas. <laughs> ideas. Okay. You have to understand what it's talking about. You actually have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How does it cleanse? It's a daily cleansing. As you walk in the light, the blood. As you walk in the light, it's dispelling darkness. So you are repenting and turning. Repenting and turning. And the blood of God is constantly working in you. It's not a one-time event. It's a daily. It cleanses us. Present continuous. It is cleansing you, you continuously from all sin. What does it mean? Are you a sinner? No. I am discovering my sins. I'm only discovering the darkness of my soul. I'm only discover- this is a journey of discovery. Discovery of light and the discovery of darkness. The light of God and the darkness of my soul. The discovery of it. Let me ask you this question. At Zarephath, at uh, Gerith, did Elijah ever think that he would run before Jezebel? That he would be suicidal? At Zarephath did he think? At Carmel did he think? But it was always there. It's always there. It is always there. A okay. lot of things we do not do, but doesn't mean it is not there. <laughs> it is there. <laughs> it is there. So we are seeing the depravity of the human soul. The depravity of the human soul. That's why it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. On the other hand, If we confess our sins, he is faithful just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. What does it say? Listen, we have to read this loaded statement. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. But I say I have not sinned. How can I make him a liar? I haven't sinned. How can He says, "Is is his word in you? word in you his word is light is his word in you his word in you if his word is in you, the word will show your darkness. Do you know the whole word? No so you don't know all your darkness the only one in whom there was no darkness it is reported to him in the beginning was the word. the word was God he was the word he came in the flesh and there was no sin in him because he was the word he was are we the word? No. No. So can you say there's no darkness in you? No. Darkness in you? No. None of us can say. None of us can. So we are in a journey of walking in the light and into the light. God has shielded much of Himself from us because He lives in unapproachable light just revealing it one step at a time every step we take towards light there is excitement about the light and there is a recognition of our depravity so how do you do how do you walk in him just the way you believed you repent and you turn you repent and you turn and the blood of Jesus daily cleanses you and what do you have you have fellowship what does it mean your fellowship gets better and better and better okay that's as simple as that walking in Christ Simple as that. And the results of this walk, when you walk that way, what is the result? First result, Romans 8, verse 1. Romans 8, and verse 1. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let us leave that part. Who do not walk according to the flesh has to be taken for granted, but who do walk According to the spirit. What is the first thing when you're walking in the light? There's no? There's never, there's never am I saved? It's like, forget me, forget me not. Forget me. Am I saved? I'm not saved. I am saved. Monday I am saved. Sunday I'm saved. Definitely saved. I was I was before time to church also. Monday am I saved? I'm not very sure. I think I am saved. By the time midweek comes, I'm not saved. <laughs> Definitely not saved. I think I need I think I need to accept Christ Jesus. <laughs> okay lot of people are like that. But Bible says that is not the way it is. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. You want to escape condemnation? Walk in the Spirit. He doesn't condemn you. Walk in the Spirit. The Son of Man did not come to condemn, but to save. How do you want to escape condemnation? Walk in the Spirit. You won't feel condemned at all. You won't feel condemnation at all. There is no condemnation. There's absolutely no condemnation. Second effect of that, walking in the spirit, age 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. (laughs) What did you receive? I'm not a slave, I'm a son. Suddenly you realize, I'm not a slave, I'm a son. I'm a son. Let me tell you about the difference about that. How do you know it? Let me say, let me explain to you because we have mothers over here, we are all parents, okay. Do you remember when our children Started walking, and they fell, and they started making those steps. What did he say? That's not the way to walk! Did we say? We applauded them. Come on, come on, come on. We started come, 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 come. We were excited, right? They were taking, you know. That's what the Bible is talking about. When you start walking with God, you're taking faltering steps. There's no condemnation. He said, come, come. Think about it. Now think about another part. You are an older person. Let us say Apu. Apu goes out and there's water over there. She slips and falls. Will we all laugh? What will we do? We will run to help her. God says, when my older child falls, do you think I sit and laugh? I sit and laugh. He says, no. I run to help him. Run to help him. That is how you escape condemnation. Escape condemnation. That's how you escape condemnation. Please understand. Okay, God is a Father. God is excited. That's what He says. After which we cry, Abba. Who is He? He's a Father. That's. All. I mean, that's what He says. You being evil fathers know how to give good things. Will not a Father even give you the Holy Spirit. Spirit? Who says, I don't condemn you. You're my child. I may discipline you, but I don't condemn you. You know, me, earthly father, in those days, when we had no camera, no cell phone, I mean, none of these simple, ordinary cameras, you know, when my eldest daughter was, I looked at her for a couple of days, three or four months old, I looked at her and said, okay, this child is going to turn over very soon. And I waited for days, and when she took her first turn, I captured it on my camera. I still have it. You guys, it is very easy today. Cell phone is there, video recording. What? They're all one, one little camera, film loaded and waiting, 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 waiting. This one is trying, this trying. Today she's going to turn. Didn't try. Okay. Still flop, flopped back on her belly. Then one day, she turned over. And I took the picture. I still have the picture. The first time my baby turned over. If I... Earthly evil father is so tickled by her baby turning over. What do you think about God? Think about God. God says, compare. Compare. What do you think about me? That's what he's talking about. So now we can either accept or reject his help. You can accept or, okay? Or you can shift blame like Saul. God will send help when a bigger child falls. Okay? God sent Samuel to Saul. God sent Nathan to David. One shifted the blame. The other said, I have sinned. God said, sin is taken away. You're my son. You're my son. Consequences will follow, but you're my son. I'll never, I will never disown you. (laughs) I'll not disown you. You're my son. Turn to Romans chapter 8, 10 verse 8. 18 onwards, 10, 18. But I say, have they not heard? Of course they have heard. Have they not? Question, it's a rhetorical question. Have they not heard? Of course they have heard. 19. But I say, did Israel not know? Of course Israel knew. Verse 20. Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those. Meaning? What is he saying? (laughs) Look at it, okay? What God is saying? So what? what is He saying? Israel will be found by a nation who did not seek Me. Meaning saying, if the Gentiles can find Me, you are not without excuse. Oh, it's not possible for God to know. Did you see that fellow going to Telugu church with his black Bible on a Sunday? He hasn't even gone to school. If he can find Me, you too can. You are not without excuse. Okay, you went to college. He didn't. But he found Me. So why didn't you find Me? That's what He is telling The Gentiles, who did not have the law, the patriarchal thing, they found me. So what are you talking about? Did Israel hear? Of course they heard. Did Israel know? Of course they knew. Isaiah is very bold and say I was found by those who did not seek me. But to Israel, I say, all day long I have stretched out my hand. So he says, if you fall, you don't get up. It's because you don't take my hand. You can't say. Like okay, okay, uh, There's a TV screen over here. Let me ask you this question. I can't see any movies. That doesn't mean there's no movies around. <laughs> Only thing, I'm not connected to a movie cable. If I connect to the cable, suddenly we'll realize how many hundreds of movies are being broadcasted while we are speaking. So I can't blame the TV. So I fell. God says, but all day. I have stretched out my hands. You didn't take my hand. You didn't take my help. Disobedient and a contrary people. So you cannot say I did not hear. You cannot say you were not told. You cannot say I could not seek. He says look around. Look around. Okay. So we have to look at these things. We have to look at these things. Otherwise, it will not simply work. Okay. Walk in the spirit. God says, you can hear me. You can seek me. And I'm all. Now, let me ask you this question. If for Israel, a people under the law, he stood all day long with his hands outstretched. You think he took his hands off for a people who are under grace, who belong to his son? Oh, these, those were people of the law. But you, Grace, no. He says, I'm standing day and night with my hands outstretched for you. Okay? So we have a thought excuse. God says, come back to me. I will come back to you. And I will clean you up. I will clean you up so that you can walk with me. And as I keep walking with me, I will come cleaning you up continuously as you walk so you can walk closer with me. There is no other way to walk with. Romans 8 Romans Okay, we're talking about yeah come 826 likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered okay in my walk with God one of the most important two important facets are because you have two legs to walk right walking you cannot walk on one leg you can only hop okay some people are hopping they only pray They don't read the word. They don't meditate on the word. They don't hear from God. Otherwise, they only read the word of God. They don't pray. God says, I didn't ask you to hop. I asked you to walk. So the walk of faith and the walk of prayer. Word and prayer. So they gave themselves continuously to the word and to prayer. So the Bible says about, likewise, the spirit is the one who teaches us to pray. When I walk in the spirit, I'm also praying in the spirit. Okay, praying in the Spirit. So look over there. Okay. Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us in our... uh, The problem about is that He cannot help you in your weakness unless you accept you are weak. One of the most difficult thing for people is to accept they are weak. The thing with God is that He only helps those who are weak. Only you are weak. Also helps in our weaknesses. Can you accept? I am weak. Okay. Can you accept you are weak? Adam did not. Eve did not. Cain did not. Abel did. Abel accepted. That's why he came by faith. God's way. Why is that? I am weak. Adam said Eve. Eve said snake. Snake wouldn't say anything. Nobody's accepting they are weak. He's, Adam is saying I am strong, but she is weak. She's saying I am strong. That one is weak. And that one, God did not ask him anything, just curse him. Okay. Abel refuses to accept his weaker. Where is your brother? I'm not my brother's keeper. You see, I got I'm busy. I have no time for my brother. I'm not a weak dude. Nobody accepts their weakness. Then how does the Spirit help us? Because the help of God is for the weak. That's why Jesus said, learn from me. I'm meek and lowly. Okay. So faith and prayer, both. Okay, faith and prayer, both. It's a step in weakness. In weakness. The religious people would never receive Jesus because they thought they were strong. That's what he said. You guys are all outside. Look at the prostitutes and the tax collectors. They are all coming into the... Why? They know they are weak. You guys are weak, but you don't accept you are weak. don't accept you are weak. You know? So both faith and prayer. What is faith? Definition of faith according to the word? Faith comes from? Faith comes from? That means I have to listen to somebody, right? That's weakness. I don't listen to anybody. Everybody listens to me. So whether it is faith or prayer, prayer means I need to go to somebody. I need to speak to somebody for help. Faith means I need to listen to somebody for help. Both is weakness. Both begins in weakness. And people won't accept their weakness. I will read these 10 commandments and I will keep it by myself. I will do it by myself. I will not accept weakness. Okay, And that's our problem. I want to walk in the spirit, but spirit helps only those who are weak. And faith is a step towards weakness, acceptance of weakness. So is genuine prayer. Most prayers or many prayers are flattery, like Jesus said. (laughs) It is not prayer, it is a flattery. Patting yourself in the back. Hmm? So the question is, do we listen? Do we listen? If you don't listen, how can the spirit help us? Right? Do we listen? Am I weak? Do we listen? The question today, 30th of December, 2020. Did I listen? Did I listen with my eyes? See, we have been given five senses. Eyes, nose, um, eyes, nose, ears, taste and skin. But with all these five, what is common? You listen. You can speak with all this. And you can also see with all, hear with all these things. And Romans one twenty talks about listening with our eyes. Since creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Did we listen? And you looked at all of these things and really said, you know what? God is real. Did we listen? Him speaking through creation. Do we listen? There are for a child of God, there are no accidents out there in creation. Everything is coincidence. He sees, it's the hand of his father everywhere. That's why I keep telling, don't take your children to the malls, take them to the parks. One is your father's creation, other is man's creation. Don't let them get attracted by man's creation. Let them enjoy their father's creation. Because this will create lust, that will create adoration. Which do you want? Which do you want? Avoid the world as far as possible because the world and its lust. Lust. Take them into God's creation. You will enjoy it. You can sit there. When I used to teach there as a young kid, I was very young, in my early twenties. And, uh, this little town was on the side of this beautiful river, the Himalayas on one side. And you could, you could walk down the river. I had my own special spot hidden from the rest of the town. I discovered it myself one day. You cut through the bushes and everything you go there, there is this huge rock overlooking the river flowing and I used to sit there for hours together. Just sit there. That was my shopping mall. Okay. You just sit there. I was not Wordsworth, Mother Nature, but Father God. Not enjoying Mother Nature, but enjoying Father God, the Father of all creation. You know, he says, can you hear? Can you hear? That's what he's saying. All of creation. You can hear. Hear God speak hear god speak now god speak this, this incredible story is told about this king was fleeing from his enemies, he got into his cave and he hid over there, right? And his soldiers were searching all over there. And what happened? A spider came and built its web across the doorway. So the soldiers were looking into every hole. And when they came, the captain said, no, he can't be here. And they went because he said, there's a spider web. If he had been there, the spider web uh, would not be there, would have broken through it and left. And the king's reaction was that, you know, God sent a spider created a web, protect me with a little web which my whole army couldn't do. What an entire army couldn't do. The spider did. God just sent a spider, made a web and protected me. Could you see God? Hmm? Could you see God? So God is talking about Do you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? We listen with our ears. First Kings 19 11 to 13. We listen with our ears. Okay? Because if you don't listen, p- with prayer and faith, the first thing is not speaking. It is listening. Remember the four LSRW, listening, speaking, reading, writing? First is listening. We all go, speak to God. God says, can you listen after that? little you Listen. Your solution doesn't come from you speaking. Your solution comes from hearing. Hearing. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in them. It's interesting. The Lord passed by, but the Lord was not in it. You have to differentiate the power and the presence of God. You can experience the power of God where the presence of God is in there. And I'm not after power. I'm after presence. You have to make it very clear. I'm not after power. I'm after presence. That's what God told Moses, I'll send an angel. He says, "No." I'm not going if your presence doesn't go, okay, and then strong wind tore, but the Lord was not in the wind. after the wind, and earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake. in verse twelve, after earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. after the fire, a still small voice, so it was when Elijah heard it, he heard all the other four, you he heard the wind, he heard the earthquake, he heard the fire, all of it has sounds. But when he heard the still, small voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood off the cave. And the voice came to him and suddenly a voice came and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God says, did you hear my voice? It's not loud. I don't shout at my kids. I don't talk loudly to my kids. I speak softly to my kids. Softly. Sometimes when God gets angry, but I'm not saying most of the time He's not angry. He speaks softly. And we have to learn. Learn to, we ourselves have to learn to first to speak softly so that we can hear small voices. If we speak very loudly, our ears get used to our own loud voice and our ears don't get tuned to small voices. It's a very dangerous thing. So we have to. He heard that still voice. And what did He ask Him? What are you doing here, Elijah? It's an interesting question, right? (laughs) What are you doing here, Elijah? It's interesting. He's come for a solution. What what are you doing over here? You know what? You don't need need one more thing that I've already given you. The anointing that is on you is more than enough. What are you doing here? (laughs) You think I did, oh, I'm sorry Elijah, I made a mistake. Okay. I gave you enough anointing to kill the prophets of Baal, but I did not anoint you enough to kill Jezebel. Stay here, I'm going to anoint you. <laughs> what are you doing here? What I gave you in the beginning is enough. That is more than enough. Now go back the way you came. Go back the way you came. God is saying the Christ you received when he got saved is more than enough. In him is everything. Just walk in Him. And as you walk in Him, He grows in you. The Spirit grows in you. All that you needed is already given. It's there. Done deal. You don't need anything more. It's already there. You only need to let it grow. The person grow. We can listen with our nose. Genesis eight twenty one, And Sammy knows it very well, right? The Lord smelled a soothing aroma, and the Lord said in his heart, "I will never again curse the ground." Sam, so, you know, it's when I get into the office, yesterday I think, yesterday or day for yesterday, I reached home, Siri came running, Grandpa with the sandals and "Unclean, unclean, something unclean has entered." Yes, something unclean has entered. Yes, Grandpa, grab today, there is crab I said. <laughs> Unclean, unclean, grandma and granddaughter, it, it is very tasty, grandpa, said, all unclean things are tasty. <laughs> Appu is putting her head down, <laughs> because it came from, from Darsapur. <coughs> okay, are you getting it? Can you hear with your nose? Can you hear with your nose? Okay, can you hear with your nose? Can you hear with your nose? We are talking about spiritual senses. Can you hear with your nose? Because if you hear, God will say, you know what? Your attitude today was stinking. It was stinking. Then you came and praised and worshipped in church. You know what? I was holding my nose. Because your praise is what I smell. But your praise today was smelling because it was stinking. Can we listen with our tongue? Isaiah fifty-four. I say fifty-four. Yeah. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to whom who is weary. He says how did you use your tongue? If you have to lift somebody who is weary, you should have heard me first. The way you speak will tell you whether you heard, whether you heard, whether you heard. As God says, if you just recorded your own words and listened to it, you would know whether you heard or not. No, God, you should always pray, Lord. When I speak to somebody, I should lift the weary and not make him even more weary. Lift the weary. A solution to his problems. Mark 5.30 Three zero. Immediately knowing himself that power or virtue had gone out of him, he turned to the crowd and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? Can you hear with your skin? Can you hear with your skin? We do hear with our skin. When our flesh is touched, who touched me? <laughs> See, if you can, if you can hear with your flesh, God says you should be able to hear with your spirit. Who touched me? If one is possible, the other two should be because we all are very sensitive in the skin of our flesh. Flesh is also spiritual. It is not a physical thing. It is very spiritual. Oh, pastor was speaking to me today. <laughs> if it is in a nice way, it is okay. We are so sensitive in the flesh, God says. Are you sensitive in your skin? Jesus was. And the thing is that she only touched his clothes. But his clothes was touching his skin. And he felt his virtue flow. And he said, somebody touch me. Somebody touch me. Somebody touch me. You know? Somebody touched me. That's what God is talking about. Because we are so sensitive in the flesh, God says, in the same way, when you walk in the Spirit, I want you to be sensitive in the Spirit. Sensitive. We have become very insensitive. See, the walking in the Spirit is not becoming a theologian. You can be a theologian like the Pharisees and be totally insensitive. Totally insensitive. Being sensitive to the spirit and to be sensitive to yourself are two different things. You can be so sensitive that, you know what? You don't sense their needs. You see, sense your needs. I need to affirm myself. And much much ministry is an affirmation of self, not the affirmation of the spirit. And Jesus was not like that. So that's why you couldn't put Jesus in a box. You would never know where he was the next day. You never knew. he. You could never have a year's calendar fixed for Jesus because you never knew where he was going because each day the Spirit would tell him he would leave an incredible ministry and go to somewhere else. You know what? Because he was sensitive to the Spirit. Spirit. We haven't reached there, but we have to reach there. We have to reach there. We have to reach there. And that's what God is talking about. Because, like I said, we are very sensitive to the flesh. and The problem about being sensitive to the flesh is that virtue does not flow. KJV uses what flows? What is the opposite of virtue? Sin. Opposite of virtue is sin. James 1 and verse 19. So then my beloved, let every man be swift to hear. Swift to hear. Be very sensitive. Listen, listen, listen. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. You should have listened so well with your eyes you can make out a real beggar and a fake one by now in India. So you don't waste your money. The fake and the real. The fake one? See at the traffic close at tank and all every day his bandage is new. And we know how much it costs to change your bandage. Every day his bandage is new. But the fake one, he has no bandage. And he really looks hungry. Look at his stomach. It is sticking to his backbone. The other fellow is looking nice and well fed. Don't give him money. But he's the one who's most vocal okay, of that. Drama. This drama. Okay, I got this. Do you see with your eyes? Swift to hear. Slow to speak slow to speak. Why slow to speak? It doesn't mean you should not speak. You should only speak after hearing properly. Hearing properly. Because only when you hear and you di- some days, sometimes you don't even have to answer then you can answer them the next day. Because it may t- take you time to digest the problem. Understand their problem. No? Understand the problem. So it's okay. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. i heard you. I'll pray for you. But sometimes you don't even have to give a solution. The fact that they came in and talked to you, you prayed for them, they find the solution on the way. Slow to speak. Quick to, swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness. What does it then produce? Sin. Sin. If you touch God, it produces righteousness. If you touch flesh, it produces unrighteousness. But we are very sensitive in the skin, in our flesh. Very, no? very sensitive. And we have to. I'll tell you one of the reasons people are very sensitive in the flesh. I'll tell you one of the reasons. They are shallow. They are shallow. Because the skin is at the surface. It's the English usage. The skin is in the surface. You touch them. But Jesus was very deep. So you, he would, wouldn't get offended. You could say anything. It didn't bother him at all. It didn't bother him. It was very deep. So you need to understand. Because through it all, God is just God is not mad at us. He's teaching us. He's teaching us through it all. So Romans 8.26 says, Okay. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, in our Informities. I like AJV. Informities. He helps us in our infirmities. go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 12. 9 and 10. Let me add also. The Holy Spirit can only help in your infirmities. So he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities. Now, which kind of a guy would boast in his infirmity? What kind of a guy would boast in his infirmities? If only a guy who understands my infirmity is an asset. He only said I boast in the cross. Who would boast in a cross? We wear it, but we won't boast about it. <laughs> Don't boast about it. I'll tell you simple the simple things, I'll tell you, okay. How do you know you are saved? This is, a, this is a big thing for people. No, I'm not talking about all of people who have gone, grown in the Lord, but for new people, it's always this. Am I saved or not? Simple thing. Anyone who calls upon the name shall not be put to. Let me ask you: Are you ashamed to talk about Jesus? Then you are not saved. You know, the first thing they did to me once I got saved, they said, "Go to every hostel room and." Witness about Jesus. And I went. I hadn't done that all my life. Never talked about Jesus to anybody. The next day I was sharing Jesus to everybody. And I realized I was not ashamed. Not ashamed. That's one of those visible proofs of salvation. Because we speak about something or somebody we are not ashamed of. Isn't that what happens in the world? You're proud of it. Oh, this is my son. If you did see this trophy, do you this medal? Do you see this painting? Everything that we are not ashamed of. Ashamed of. I'm just telling you people so that you, you don't have to be afraid. <laughs> yes, I am sure. I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not ashamed of you. And the Bible says, most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities. For what? So that the power of God May rest upon me. Power of God. Are you getting the picture? It's interesting. This, this, this man was another category altogether. Therefore, I take pleasure in informative. Ask Pastor Vijay, because my children are all grown up. Ask Pastor Vijay. They take pleasure as Abhigal Thav is grown too big. But every time Abigail had a fever, he had to carry her. She took pleasure in her infirmities. Go, Dada has no excuse. Now you'll carry me. Now you'll carry me. You'll carry me. That way the I won't. Oh. was showing Siri. Uh, Androana, where did this cut come from? Oh, that was when I was there and the water tank uh, fell on me and I called my daddy from there to pray over me. He was only four years old. He still remembers, 16 years later. And I still remember, what happened? The water tank's lit fell on me, it is cut. So what happened? I said, okay, let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. That's what he's talking about. I take pleasure in my informities. Why? The power of God may rest upon me. Okay. I boast about it. I boast about my informities. Not only that, I take pleasure in my informities. Informities. Why? Okay. And in reproaches. Do you boast? Do you take pressure in reproaches? What is reproach? A reproach. It's something they accused you of. Okay? They snapped at you, they got angry with you. Why do you why do you why would you take pleasure in your in your reproach? Because it's a test for me. When somebody reproached me, if I am not bothered, that means thank you Lord, I passed this test. My flesh is not alive. Thank you, Lord. But on the other hand, I got offended. Thank you, Lord. I got a lesson. I need to work on my flesh again. Thank you, Lord. Let me write it down. Somebody said about this thing to me, and that is where I got affected. That means I am alive over there. Thank you, Lord. I got a check today. I take pleasure in reproaches. I understood. In needs. Why do you take pleasure in needs? Because I thought, I thought I had it. That's what Elijah thought. I thought I had it to stand before Ahab and give him the challenge. I thought I had it in Kerith. For all, I passed class, grade one, with first rank in Kerith. I thought I got it when I came through Zarephath. I thought I had made it at Zarephath. And then, boy, when I ran, when I ran ahead of Ahab's, I thought, I am settled. And then Jezebel came. I realized. The Father is taking us step by step to show that you can do this with me. When you have restored, that's why the Bible says, if anyone thinks he stands, beware lest he falls. That's what David made a mistake. He said, I have fought enough battles. I have fought. You have to read that record. Okay, I'll tell you the record for you homework. It's Second Samuel 11 that he falls. Okay, Second Samuel 11 that he falls. But... You have to read the record in chapter 8. The title is David's Victories. It is an unbelievable record. Wherever he went, the Lord was with him. Victory, 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 victory. victory. Then Ark has been brought. Victory over the battle. Showing mercy to Mephibosh. he thought, you know what? I am cool cat. And then in verse chapter 11, it says, A time when kings go to war, he send Joab. I have arrived, and God says, "Oh, now you have no need. All your battles are over. Spiritual truth. All your battles are over. Your battle is done. You're perfect, like my son." Boom! He fell. He fell. That's what the Bible is saying. I take pleasure in needs. How do you take pleasure? Because I, I didn't even realize I needed this. Until this trouble arose, I did not realize I needed this. If this trouble hadn't been there, I wouldn't have realized. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm experiencing God at different levels now, oh Lord. Different levels. That's what he's talking about. Walking in the spirit. This is walking in the spirit. You realize ultimately, I cannot do anything without you. I cannot do anything without you. I'm absolutely useless. I, I may think I can do all these things, but I really haven't faced a situation in my life where I can do without you. There's no situation like that. That's what he's talking about. No? Reproaches. <laughs> okay. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 17. Even if we are a little long today, don't worry, okay. Because we are here to study. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel, and did not Lord anoint you king over Israel? When you were small, you knew I was weak, you were hiding, I need God, then your prayer life and all was like, it was good. And God made you king, meaning you were ruling Over your enemies. That's what it means spiritually. When you were small in your eyes, you saw God big and you leaned on Him and I gave you victories. But when you became big in your own eyes, you decided, I don't need God anymore. Your prayer life slackened. Your word life slackened. Got now enough money. Enough money. You have security. And now you think, I don't, you don't need me. And what has happened? You stopped reigning in life. Look at Deuteronomy 32. What does it say? It talks about Israel. Jeshurun is Israel. God had blessed Israel. They become strong. Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grow fat, you grow thick. You are obese. Then he forsook God who made him. And scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. Did you see? When did all this happen? When you were small in your eyes, Israel, ah, what your prayer life was. You were regular to church. You were regular everything. But as you grew fatter and fatter, meaning as you started becoming more and more independent because wealth was flowing in, wisdom was flowing in, whatever ways you look at yourself, security in this world was increasing, you became less dependent upon me. And ultimately you kicked me. You forsook me. You kicked me. You are obese. He so He grew fat and kicked. That's what God is talking about. So God says, if you want to walk in the spirit, I'll always keep you weak. I'll always keep you weak. Because you will be always. That is the greatest blessing God can give a child. On this side of eternity, he keeps him or her weak. You will always be dependent upon me. So that you will walk with me. You will need me. You'll always recognize without you, I cannot do it. Second Samuel chapter 7, 17 and 18. According to all these words, according to all this vision, so Nathan, this is at the height of his victory. Okay, height of his victory. And God comes and says to Nathan, no, tell him he's not going to build the temple. Is he offended? King David went in and sat before the Lord. He sat down before God. Who am I? Oh Lord God, what is my house that you have brought me thus far? You see, he's small in his own eyes. And he's king. Small in his eyes. Look at Saul and look at David. He was small in his eyes. And that's what God is talking about. He said, there's only one way you can walk in the Spirit. You have to be small in your own eyes and walk with me. Walk with me. Okay. That's what the Bible says. Go back to Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. That's the first thing. In our weaknesses. In our weaknesses only. Am I weak? Am I weak? Am I weak? In our weakness. Am I weak? Romans 8.15 For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out what? upper Father. Galatians 4, six. It is God who, not Corinthians, Galatians 4.6, yeah. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears, no, no uh, Romans 8.26. In, helps us in our, so, what is the first thing the spirit does? What is the first thing Jesus taught? Teach us to pray. What did he say? That's the first thing. That's the first thing. What is the first thing the Spirit says? Father, it's a cry of dependency. Daddy. Abba. That's the first thing in our infirmary. That's the first, that's the most powerful thing in the entire prayer. The most powerful thing in the entire prayer. My Father. Abba. Sometimes you don't have to say the rest, that is enough. You're comforted. That's why the children come to their Father. Mm-hmm. Come to their Father. You carry them. Tears are gone. They feel strong. All it says is daddy. What is Jesus' first words to humanity when he rose again? First words to humanity. Yes, Romans, John chapter 20. And verse first words to humanity. Message to humanity. First words to humanity. John chapter 20, verse 17. Yeah, yeah. I gave it to you then. Let's say it with you. Yeah. He said to her, "Cling! Do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them. What's the first message? I'm ascending to my father and your father. My God. He didn't say, I'm ascending to my God and your God. My father. And, no, no, no. He said, my father and your father. My God and your God. He put the father first. The father first. One is a relationship. The other is power. Mighty God, my Father. First message to humanity. In prayer, what is the first first thing the Holy Spirit teaches in our infirmities? Don't forget who you are going to. It's your Father. It's your Father. Don't forget who you are going to. It's your Father. It's your Father. Even if you fear him, go to him because he loves you. He loves you. My Father. What is the first thing he tells his disciples? Other than peace. What is the first thing? John 2021. 20, yeah, 2021. 20, and Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also sent you. What's the first thing? As the Father sent me, I sent you. And how did the Father send him? John chapter 1, verse 14. You have to look at it, is because this is our confidence in our prayer. The Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, glory as of the only. How did the Father send him? Born of him. And how am I sending you? Born of the same Father. That's how I'm sending you. How are we sent out? Born of the same Father. Assurance of prayer. The power we get from our prayer. Abba, Father. As the Father sent me, I am sending. How did the Father send him? Begotten of the Father. How are we sent? Begotten of the same Spirit. Okay. He was begotten only when he came in the flesh. He existed with the Father forever and ever in eternity. He was begotten of the Holy Spirit through Mary. In the same way he says, I have begotten. The Father has begotten you through the same Spirit. These things are important. These things are important because that's where your confidence comes in your prayer. How do you know the spirit is praying through you? How do you know you're walking in this? Because in faith and in spirit, in prayer are the two fundamental legs of your walk. How do you know? It's the way you go to God. that's how you make mistakes, you still crawl back and say, Daddy, I goofed up. I go. That is the prodigal son, the most famous story. The son comes back. Father doesn't even wait. All you know, okay, you come back. I realize you got it, you come back. He runs to him. No. You have to let it loose in your spirit. God is my father. There's nothing more comforting in this, you know, in this life. God is my father. What does it mean? I will never be rejected again. He may discipline me, he may scourge me, but he will never reject me. He will never leave me. That's the difference between Saul and David. As one was flesh, the other was spirit. Second Samuel chapter seven, twelve to sixteen. When your days are fulfilled, you will rest with your fathers. I will set up your seed after you who will come after your body. I will though it's not talking about Solomon, he's talking about Jesus. Though it looks like Solomon physically, but eternally it's talking about Jesus. He shall build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So he's talking about Jesus. I will be his father, he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men but my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed before your eyes. My mercy. He says, I will never reject the ones who are in Christ. Saul was flesh. David was spirit. He says, I will scourge him. If he commits iniquity, I'll beat him. But that doesn't mean I will reject him. He'll be always my child. He'll be always my child. That is the confidence of prayer. You have to come in prayer in confidence. In Romans 8.26, let us finish this portion off as much as we can today. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So understand? Got that whole thing? But we do not know. Oh, He helps us also in our ignorance. Honestly, you and I don't know what to pray for. That's our big problem. You see, we have made our list and we think we know what to pray for. The fact of the problem is we do not go to him with a empty paper. Lord, you know what? I am coming to today to you. I want to thank you for everything. Now, Daddy, you know what? I don't know really what to pray for. Okay, these situations are all there. I look at it is, and I have so many. Okay, there is an issue in, in US. Solution A, solution B, solution C, solution But I really do not know what the solution is. I really do not know. Because we do not know what we should for. And as we ought. First, we don't know what to pray for. Second, we don't know how to pray for it also. That is our problem. The problem is in our prayer life. We don't see our weakness. If I don't see my ignorance as an asset, I don't want lean on the spirit for knowledge. That's a problem. We all pray, but we are not weak in our prayers. We don't see our infirmities. We don't see our weaknesses. We don't see our ignorance. We go to people like scholars. We are strong scholars before God and God says, you know what, that was not my son. That was not my son. Because scripture says in verse 27, right, only my spirit knows, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Meaning, the spirit is the only one who knows the mind of God, the will of God for a situation. He's the only one who knows. And you are absolutely ignorant about it. So why don't you check with me before you start praying, Lord, don't start giving me solutions. Ask me what is the solution. Our weakness, our ignorance. Because we are looking at walking in the spirit. How can I walk in the spirit if I don't accept I am weak? How can I walk in the spirit if I don't accept I am ignorant? This can be in a relationship too. Husband and a wife. Parents and children. You wanna walk? There's only two ways you can walk. One, you're very open about your weakness. In this area I am weak. So you get the help from your spouse in that area. I always tell my wife, shut in and pray. Why? I need your prayers. I don't need you to teach my Bible. I need you to pray for me. That is my area where I need you most. Almost everything rest in my life I can handle. Everything else. Even if you don't cook for me, it's fine. I can cook. You don't wash my clothes. I am fine. I can, I can do everything on my own. But this area, I need you. That is my greatest need from you. You have to pray me through. You have to pray me through. That's my weakness. I know my area. I'm in a battle. I know I can study the word. I can, I can get it all that. But in this area, I cannot. I can pray my way through for the word. But in other areas, no. I need you. Same way with God, no? infirmities, our weakness, no. That's what God is talking about. Ignorance, okay, ignorance. Okay, do we accept our ignorance with our spouse? No. one of the major issues with uh, in families, husband and wife, is there are two independent blocks. Okay, if you know you are ignorant, you should ask the one who knows. That's why God says, if you can't do it with whatever you are seeing, how will you do with what is invisible? Okay. Husband knows, you know what, I'm ignorant in this area. Like in the church, I don't get involved in stuff which I am not knowledgeable. As I worship to one, I mean the sound to this thing and all. I stick to what I know. I'm not going to put my hand into everything. That's not my job because then I will waste my time and energy trying to learn knowledge about it. I know Google is there, <laughs> but if Google doesn't replace God. <laughs> you know, the thing is that, do we acknowledge our ignorance and then rely on that? This area I am weak, so please handle it for me. Handle it for me. We have to realize God will not allow us to be independent beings in the kingdom of God. He will not allow us to be independent.
1: Okay, and we'll always
0: struggle in life. We'll not be able to walk in the spirit and walk with the spirit and walk after the spirit if you are independent of your independent. Our weakness and our ignorance with God and with man. With man. And one of the things about ignorance and knowledge. Let me tell you about ignorance. The opposite of ignorance is knowledge. One of the fundamental things you have to decide with God and yourself is that I simply don't need to know everything. Why do I need to know everything? What use is going to give it to me? What difference does it make? Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 18. What is he going to do? In much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Why do you need to know everything? First you need the knowledge of God. After that, if you get other information, it helps. If you have information without the knowledge of God, it will only bring misery. That's why he's miserable. He's far away from God. See, after you know the knowledge of God and you are walking in the spirit, whatever knowledge you acquire doesn't upset you. Because you know God is in control. But if you acquire knowledge without the knowledge of God, you are wasting time. A lot of people are wasting time. I am not talking about people who are working, but they have to get knowledge in there. I am talking about people who are retired. They are simply wasting time acquiring knowledge. 70 years old, I took my third BA. For what? See, so the newspaper, oh, he took his third MA after he retired. For what? What are you going to do with your MA? Do you know your word? Do you have the knowledge of God? What are you doing? And they will spout knowledge. And they have no knowledge of God. It's a waste of time. Think about much of the knowledge we acquired. And today Jesus comes. What are you going to do with it? It is neither good for this life, nor is good for the next one. <laughs> if we acquire knowledge... Acquire what is good for this life. Like Sammy's knowledge is good for all of us because the system works. Okay. But much knowledge is useless waste of time. Absolutely waste of time. Okay, waste of time. People don't know. That. Because much knowledge, okay. Everybody listening to this channel and this channel and this channel and this channel. What does it help you? Oh miserable. Oh, that is it. That is, do you know God? If you know God, you know how to. If you know God, you know how to listen to news. If you do not know, you don't know how to even. And they are all sitting there and telling about news. All you can do is walk away. Just get up and walk away. Wasting my time. Wasting my time. I am not talking about young people. Even young people need to be very, very careful. Young people, full of knowledge, full of knowledge. They will know all statistics. They're statistical when it comes to sports and all. And God says, do you need to know all these things? Do you really need to know all these things in this limited time we have called life? Without really knowing me, the source of all knowledge. You don't know creator, but you are studying creation. That's the problem. What does academia do? Just We need to go to academics. What does it do? Teach creation. But the question for the believer is, do you know your creators? Do you know your creator? Then you understand creation. The problem is if you study creation without knowing the creator, you will become a reprobate. Become a reprobate. You have to study creation after knowing the creator. As you are knowing the creation, that it will be balanced. It will be balanced. Then you will say, yeah, it is true. You know what? This displays the greatness of our God. Greatness of our God. Look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Last days. You, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Running to and fro, running to and fro. For what? Knowledge shall increase. And 8, 9, and 10 is interesting. Daniel 12. No, no, no. 12 itself. Oh, yeah. 12 itself. Okay. Then he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Uh, Didn't I give you eight also? No, no, yeah, it's, yeah, nine and ten. Nine and ten, okay. uh, No, eight, nine and ten. Verses eight, nine, twelve, eight, nine and ten. Okay, eight, eight to ten I should have written, okay. Although I heard, I did not understand that I said, my lord, what shall be the end of these things? He said, go your way, Daniel. Hmm. You don't need to know everything shut the book and go. I want to know. You don't have to know, Daniel. It doesn't matter whether you know or not. You will be dead and gone before all these things happen. What I need to know, rest of humanity have given to you. The book is sealed. You get up and go. Go your way. Which? The way of all life, Daniel. Enough. You don't need to study too much. Enough. What you need to know for this life, and what you need to reveal as your servant of God, I have already given to you. Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the end of the time. He was very curious. I want to know. He says, you don't have to know. You don't have to know. This is the pursuit of knowledge for pleasure. God says, you don't need to. You don't need to. Because even in the pursuit of everything, there should has to be purpose. Purpose. So, even in our prayer life, we need to realize, I'm ignorant. And second, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know everything. Because the Holy Spirit is the arbiter of my knowledge. Right? Isaiah 11, verse 2, about Jesus Christ. Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's where it begins. That's the first thing. The Spirit of God shall rest upon him. And the Spirit of wisdom, and understanding, and counsel, and might, and knowledge, and the fear of God. Let the Spirit of God first rest upon us, and then give accordingly. Because I don't need to, to know most of the things in life. I don't need to know. Why? Because we have very limited time. So we need to understand when you walk in the Spirit, you better listen to the Spirit. And receive from the Spirit. Listen an interesting thing. Matthew twenty four thirty six, Interesting verse. But of that day and hour, no one knows, and not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Hey, wait a minute. Jesus, do you know when you are coming back again? Jesus, I don't know. I beg your pardon? What did he say? <laughs> you don't know? I don't know. Why? The Father didn't tell me. Spirit didn't tell me. But how come you know all the other things? That because He told me. And what about this? He didn't tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's as simple as that. I don't know. Do you know there are limits? When he walked in the body, there were limits. He could tell, give all the signs. Can you tell us when you are coming? I don't know. I don't know. That's what Psalm 131, David says. My heart is not haughty. Nor my eyes lofty, nor do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a wean child with his mother, like a wean child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth, you know. That is one thing. We have to be very careful what we are pursuing in this field called knowledge. Very, very careful. Because there is only one knowledgeable, that is God. In Him is hidden all the secrets of wisdom and knowledge. But He will reveal what has to be revealed. And sometimes in life we need to be content with our ignorance in a lot of areas. That ignorance is really bliss. God says, you, didn't, you don't have to know. You don't have to know. Because the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. prays according to our infirmities and according to our ignorance. According to our ignorance. Okay, he will reveal. He may not reveal. Okay, go back to 826. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps us in our Weaknesses, For we do not know what we should pray for. Question, are we weak? Remember Luke 10, 39, 40? She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And Martha was distracted with much serving. You know the story very well. What does it show you? Mary was weak, Martha was strong. She did not see the need to sit at his feet. Mary was weak. See, if you really want to keep studying and meditating and praying, the only way possible is you are actually aware you are weak. If you don't, you will not be able to. Mary was weak. Martha was strong. Mary was weak. Martha was strong. In Matthew twenty six forty that is what Jesus says. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing. The flesh is weak. And when it comes to spiritual things, the flesh is very hostile. Very, very hostile. Very hostile. That's what God is talking about. Now look at Hebrews 4.15 and Hebrews 5.7. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. What does it mean? All the weaknesses we had, he also had. Otherwise you cannot be tempted in those areas. I can only be tempted in my weaknesses I cannot be tempted in my strengths Bible says he was tempted In all points Just as we are Why? Because he was weak. weak So he says I understand when you are weak Because I was weak I was weak Then the question is then How did you overcome? He says Hebrews five seven. In the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to see. How did he overcome? He accepted his weakness. Every day morning he went and told her, I am weak. I am weak. You are strong. I am weak. You are strong. Where are you weak son? In everything I am weak. Lord. I will not put confidence in my flesh at all. In what are you weak? Everything. God says I shall be strong in Everything. In everything. So he was tempted at all points. Yet did not sin. Why? Because he acknowledged his weakness in all points. Received the strength of God in all points. And he overcame. Simple. There is no other way. If you want to be an overcomer, you want to finish, you want to enter 2021. Well, there is no other way. No. Any other way. Are we getting the picture? Are we getting the picture? Ephesians 2, 18. I'm finishing, I'm winding off. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Do you see that? Spirit comes there too you know what happened? If you have an appointment with, let us say, Prime Minister Modi or, let us say, President Trump gave you White House Oval Office, do you know you cannot walk through? Somebody always escorts you to the White House. You have to show your invitation, everything. They go through a security check. Even then, you cannot. You have an escort appointed to you who will take you there. You getting it? Otherwise, the door is closed door is closed okay god says do you know there is somebody who escorts you to the presence of the father it is my spirit why are you trying to pray without him why are you trying to walk in life without him he's the only one who can take you there he's the only one who can take you there don't try to do anything without my spirit you understand why our word life and our prayer life is sometimes so weak? Because we try to do it with our intellect, with our strength, without our, without His Spirit. We try to pray without the Spirit. And God says, you cannot. You cannot. It's a real, constant, daily affirmation with the Holy Spirit and suddenly you'll realize your life is changing. You know what? I am not shaken by the events that is taking place things are getting worse 2021 may be worse than 2020 but you know what there is somebody with me who is walking with me and I am walking with him he calms my fears a lot of things next virus i don't have to know <laughs> don't have to know about it. You know, it doesn't make any difference it doesn't make any difference because god is there because i will take you through final words for today Two verses, Luke 22, 35 and John 14, 16 and 18. He said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. Hmm? nothing. It's like, send your child to college. Did you lack anything? No. Did you do anything? No. Because I sent you. That's what I said. I sent you. didn't go on their own he sent them when i sent you did i take care of you yeah why because you are my children okay you're not orphans you're my children so when i sent you i took care of you okay then come to john chapter 14 the final verses for today i will give the father pray the father and he will send you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him But you know him. He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. Know what he means? The kingdom of God, there are no orphans. There are no orphans. It's the most powerful statement people have to receive. I am not an orphan. Jesus came back. He came back as the Holy Spirit the father says, all your life I will walk with you. You are not an orphan. Not an orphan. In the Native American, Red Indians, we call it, today you call them Native Americans. They have a ritual, some of their tribes, when the boy passes from uh, adolescence to a man. He has to sit in the jungle in the night, through the night he has to sit without fearing everything. And when he comes through that, he will be acknowledged as a warrior, as a young man. He'll be a young teenage guy and he'll be there in the jungle sitting there alone with the wolves and this thing howling and everything and all. But they say when he gets up in the morning, when he sits there and the sunlight comes back, when he turns back, he will see behind him stood through the night his father. Through the night. It's today's father. Okay? So that's what God was saying. You will go through your nights. But you are never alone. You are never alone. You will go through your worst periods, but you are not alone. I will not leave you orphans. Take you can take it to 2021. It may be worse than 2020. I will not leave you. Orphans How do you know Walk in the spirit Walk with the spirit Walk after the spirit You have to That's God's solution For his children That's his solution There's no other solution And you look at it You don't need another solution You don't need another solution Help me pray Father this morning We just come to you Lord I know it's been long For some people But I pray They will meditate on it Listen to it again Surrender themselves Lord Just as you received Jesus, verse 6 says, I pray, Lord, somebody today will just say, Lord, I am sorry. I repent of my sin. Repent of living without you. Repent of not receiving the provision of your son in my life. I repent and I turn to you. I pray, Lord, even now they will pray. Lord, I turn to you, Jesus. I never knew this. That deep inside, though I had everything, I was an orphan. That was that loneliness in my heart. It could not be replaced by man. It could not be replaced by things. It could not be replaced by this world because I was created for you. I turn to you, Lord, now. Come, Lord Jesus, into my life. Come, Lord. You said you will come to me. You said, Lord, I'll come to you. You will never be orphans again. Lord, I don't want to be an orphan. I want to be adopted into the family of God. I don't want to be an orphan. Come Lord Jesus. And teach me to walk with you. I'm ignorant. I'm absolutely ignorant Lord. Some of people who are listening are new believers. And I command that spirit of, that orphan spirit to leave them. And I pray Lord, They will ask you each day, little by little, to teach them to walk with you. Give them the power to walk with you. Light for each step, not for the whole year. Light for each step, not light for the whole journey. Each step, one step at a time. We don't have to know the whole story because you are with us. If you were not with us, I would have asked you, Lord, show me the end of my life. But I don't have to. Because you said, I will not leave you orphans. I will be with you forever. So I don't need to know the whole thing, Lord. I just need you every step of the way. Teach me to stay within the boundaries of the Spirit. The boundaries to walk in you. The boundaries you set for me are good boundaries. They are safe boundaries. They are secure boundaries. Teach me to walk after you. To keep my eyes on you. Walk after you. And not to lag behind. To run ahead. But to walk after you. But not just walk after you. To walk with you. So that I talk to you. and You talk to me. Because we cannot have a life together without fellowship. This life is about fellowship. So it's not I walk in the boundaries you set for me. I walk after you. But I walk with you. Which father doesn't want to talk to his son? Talk to us Lord. Talk to us. We want to walk with you. Walk with you. Let 2021 be an incredible year. When all your children learn to walk with you. The way They will be excited and they will write in their diaries. You know what? God spoke to me this day. God told me this on this day. He speaks. He speaks. He's real. He's real. He's real. My God speaks. He walks with me. I pray, Lord, that will be the experience. Experience of many. A living God. A loving God. A Father. Even if He scourges me and disciplines me, His mercy, His love, He will never take from me. That's your promise. Because He will not disown me. I'm yours. We are yours. That's the comfort, Lord. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know everything. Many things are too profound, too big for me. I just need to know what you tell me. That's enough. I'm satisfied. With much knowledge comes much grief. I just need to know what you let me know. I'm content with the rest. With the secret things. Because I know the secret things belongs to my Father. When the appointed time comes, He will reveal it. Help us to walk intently with our Father, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you. Go with us. Go before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.